0: Welcome to the Smeichel Speaks podcast channel. I'm Joanne Smichael and I'm delighted that you tuned in for relevant leadership learning that will help you continue to soar. Enjoy this episode. I'm delighted to have Diane Huey with me today. She's a wellness expert, an acupuncture practitioner, and a health coach. Diane founded Huey Health to help people find practical strategies for managing their well-being. Diane's also an instructor and clinical supervisor at the Thai Sophia Institute. She facilitates workshops for banks, for government agencies, and for the general public. Welcome, Diane. Thank you, Joanne. It's great to be here. So, Diane, leaders in Every sector have a ton of pressures on them. And my thought is that the pressures impact their health on many different levels. Will you tell me what are the most common health impacts that you're seeing in your work?
1: Well, stress is certainly up there uh, on everybody's list. And I would imagine for leaders in business or industry, uh, their stress level is even higher um, than average people's. Uh, And stress can affect so many different uh, symptoms and systems in our bodies. So, I see a lot of people with migraines, with headaches, um, a lot of women with menstrual dysfunctions. Uh, There's a lot of autoimmune and inflammatory illnesses. And, of course, chronic disease like diabetes, uh, cardiovascular disease, and things like that. And Hmm. these are all affected by stress.
0: That's interesting. I didn't realize that there was... That stress was connected to so many different things. I mean, I knew some things, but I didn't realize that it was connected to that many different things.
1: Yes, yeah, stress is a, plays a role in just about any illness or disease that you can mention. Sometimes it can be the cause. Um, other times it, it comes about as a result of the illness.
0: Hmm. That's interesting. So... What do you suggest? I mean, what strategies do you suggest for people in high-stress, high-pressure positions, high-stress, high-pressure lives? What What do you suggest for them?
1: Well, one thing, of course, is to look at their stress levels and learn techniques for managing their stress as well as uh, decreasing the amount of stress in your life, and of course, we only have so much control over that part of it. Um, but we also have to look at perceived stress, which is the stress that we know is there. Like, oh my God, I've got this report and it's late, or I have this bill to pay. So those are the ones that we know about and we feel the immediate stress. But Stress is more than a feeling. So stress can also come from our diet. Eating a poor diet stresses the body. Uh, Not exercising stresses the body. Sitting in front of a computer, like so many of us are doing now more than ever uh, for hours and hours, that stresses our body. So we may not be aware of that as stress, but those are also areas that we want to look at in terms of reducing stress. And I think it's important to realize that stress can contribute to inflammation, which is another component of most diseases. There's an inflammatory component. Um, And toxins as well, because toxins are another thing that stress our body. And they also create inflammation. So you can get this cycle, a negative cycle going, where, where these things feed into one another. So one of the things we can do is look at, our nature in terms of figuring out how to cope with stress. What do our bodies naturally do? What are we meant to do? And one of the things is we're meant to move. We are meant to move. We're not meant to sit six, seven, eight hours at a time. So anything you can do to bring movement into your life, um, Sometimes we don't have uh, the time or the willingness to go to the gym. So a lot of times on a rush morning, I just play music as I'm doing my hair or making my breakfast and just move around and dance around. And so I'm not only moving my body, but I'm, I'm hearing, you know, sounds that I enjoy. And that really lifts the spirits. Uh, breathing is so natural. We, you know, we don't even think about it. We, of course, it's an autonomic process. So we do it without thought. But by learning breathing techniques, we can really make a big impact directly on the stress level. And breathing is actually one of the few ways that we can directly affect our sympathetic, aka fight or flight, part of our nervous system. So just simply by breathing in deeply, Holding it for a second or two and then slowly letting that breath go. Pausing again. Do that three times, and I guarantee you will feel a shift just in those few seconds it takes to do that. And, of course, that's something that even the busiest person can do throughout the day. If you're talking to... one of your employees or someone that you're doing a presentation to, they don't need to know that you're doing some deep breathing or you're standing in the checkout line somewhere or you're sitting in a a stoplight. You can just take these little breath breaks throughout the day and kind of keep your nervous system at a lower level in terms of the stress.
0: Uh, I wanted to, um, there's something that I learned from you that has been important for me. And that is that sometimes I'm experiencing stress and completely unaware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have helped me to, I guess, tune in and be more aware of the fact that even though I'm functioning and I think I'm fine and I'm <laughs> going, 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 that in fact, I've internalized a lot of stress I can't be an anomaly. Does this happen to other people? (laughs) (laughs) No.
1: I would say it happens to 99.9% of people. Um, I mean, there's a reason why monks live in monasteries because, you know, they want to get away from the stress so they can go into that peaceful place. But we don't have that uh, ability to do that, at least not very often. So, um, yeah, I'll notice myself. um, If I pay attention, I'll notice Well, I'm not really doing anything but minimal breathing. I'm not taking deep breaths. Maybe I'm slumped over my computer so my lungs are compressed. Um, You know, I might pay attention and notice, oh, my God, my shoulders are really tight. I'm, I'm clenching my fist or my stomach is tight. I have butterflies in my stomach. And, of course, when we're busy, we block all that out. So it can be really helpful just to take a break, just like you do your breathing break. Just take a break and just quickly scan your body or realize, like, I'm holding all this tension in my shoulders. Let me do a little movement to shake that loose. Do a few breaths to help move that tension, which is telling you that you're stressed.
0: Mm -hmm. So what you're asking us to do is to, to, I know what you've asked me to do is to tune in and pay attention instead of, living um, on autopilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that the, one of the strategies? That's a really
1: great way to put it, Joanne. And I think everybody's seen the Taiji symbol, the, the circle that's half black, half white. And that symbolizes the yin and the yang, uh, which is the yang is like the active, the, the heat, um, outward movement. And the yin is cold, it's dark, it's quiet, it's inward. So in our culture, we're very young. We want to go, we want to do, we want to create, we want to thrive. And those are all great things, but we kind of neglect the other side of the equation. So that can be that time that you balance out all that activity and busyness with One aspect of the yin would be just going inside, just, you know, even for a few seconds, just closing your eyes, taking a breath, and just going inside and noticing what you're feeling or what you're thinking. And not that you necessarily have to change it or criticize it, but just being aware of that goes a long way.
0: So I want to just switch trains or just go a little deeper on the leader and wellness What are the connections between a leader's wellness and how they perform at work?
1: Just the word leader gives you a clue. A true leader is not only going to direct uh, the people that they govern, but they're going to show them by example of Mm -hmm. the right way to do things Mm -hmm. at work. And I think beyond that, they can show them an example of health versus ill health, You know, just if the leader comes in on Monday morning with uh, big circles under their eyes and and they go in and close their office door and everybody knows don't talk to them till like 10 o'clock. You know, that's not the greatest example. It's not too inspirational. So I think if a leader takes care of themselves, they, they can look at that as an investment in their business and in their employees. So, you know, using stress techniques or stress reduction techniques, eating a good diet, uh, getting some movement in their lives, however that looks for them, are all things that will go a long way and make them more productive, mm-hmm. um, make them Better on an emotional level, so they're able to cope with changing situations. They're able to cope with the different personalities that they come across in their work. And also letting their employees see, uh, this is what it looks like. This is how well you can function if you take care of yourself. And, of course, that's going to have bottom line benefits for the company where you're going to see less uh, sick days, uh, lower insurance uh, health premiums, and things like that. As well as just a, you know, a happier, more congenial workforce. Yeah, a,
0: a positive climate, a positive environment. Exactly. Yeah. So we, we, I get it. Wellness improves performance. It improves how I feel about myself. I get that. What happens to someone who hasn't been focusing on wellness and something happens? There's a trigger and they have to start. <laughs> how do they start?
1: Great question. And often, unfortunately, uh, because most of us live in a reactive mode, uh, that's often how people do get started on wellness is there's some kind of a breakdown or often pain uh, that they have to take care of. So, you know, it really depends on the level of what's going on. Obviously, if you have hypertension or you have uh, anything going on with your heart or cardiovascular system, the first thing you want to do is get to an MD. Um, But if you're just looking at, "Mm, wow, I'm really feeling tired, or gosh, I'm getting these headaches all the time, or, uh, you know, I'm feeling kind of down, just uh, starting by looking at your diet. You know, how many fruits and vegetables are you getting? I know we hear this all the time, but eating really good quality organic Uh, especially vegetables, really reduce your stress level and help your body function better. So one thing to think about in terms of of diet, because I think we hear about diet so often that our eyes kind of glaze over, but Mm -hmm. every second our body makes 500 quadrillion molecules. I'm not sure how much a quadrillion is, but I know it's a lot. Um, Every second, our body has 21 sextillion chemical processes. And our body contains about a gallon of blood, but our cardiovascular system moves 2,000 gallons worth of blood every day. So that gives you a little idea of how much work our bodies are doing. So... When we get vitamins and minerals from our food or from supplements, uh, those are like the spark plugs. Hmm. Those are what help these uh, processes go. It takes a lot of energy to do all this. Uh, So definitely looking at eating more fruits and vegetables is a good way to go. Uh, Getting some more movement. If someone's been sedentary, I would start with something that's low level like walking, walking. Uh, maybe doing some gentle yoga. Tai Chi is one of my favorite exercise forms. Uh, making sure you get plenty of good clean water, and of course, seeing uh, a healthcare professional. And in in terms of someone that doesn't have any uh, major symptoms, I would suggest an alternative uh, practitioner. Uh, because they tend to look more at lifestyle and things that you can do to improve your health as opposed to just taking care of a disease, like mm-hmm. taking medication for hypertension. And I'm not devaluing that at all. That's, things like that are very essential. But in terms of just general health improvement, I would see someone that's, that's in one of the alternative medical fields.
0: I know that that has helped me. I came to you. Whew, I can't even remember how many. <laughs> I can't either. It was a long time ago. A long time ago. Sextillion <laughs> years ago. <laughs> I know it was before I had any gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> but I remember I came to you because I was tired of chronic sinus problems. Mm. And you helped me to through the acupuncture, but also through the diet change. So Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you're sharing that with other people because now how often do I get a sinus infection? Like, I can't remember. uh, Like hardly ever. Um, So I I think that we sometimes forget that the alternative treatments have a tremendous amount of value. Mm, Thank you. And I think sometimes people just don't know that. It's not that they forget it.
1: Yeah, they're they're not aware of how much um, alternative treatments can do, and when I said about uh, or talked about seeing an MD, that doesn't mean there aren't a lot of diseases and uh, functional issues that alternative treatments don't address. We we treat uh, all kinds of internal illnesses, uh, like I mentioned before, for example, migraines or Mm -hmm. gallbladder problems, Mm -hmm. uh, digestive problems, as well as external like skeletomuscular things, sports injuries, arthritis, things like that.
0: I was shocked when I had the GI problem with the terrible acid reflux and my gastroenterologist said, I want you to start going to acupuncture twice a week <laughs> instead of one time a week, and he explained to me the relationship between the brain and the gut mm-hmm. and that shocked me. I mean, I thought, hey, he's gonna put me on another stupid pill, but that wasn't <laughs> yeah, that's as a smart doctor <laughs> do, yeah, yeah, he said, go to acupuncture twice a week, up your yoga practice, and up your prayer practice and right. I, that really blew my mind from a guy who, you know, he's a GI doctor. So I was glad that he was that aware of alternative treatments. Yeah, uh, there, there should be a
1: dovetailing of Western and Eastern or, or medical and um, alternative treatments because they complement each other. Um, and there are certainly times when if somebody has GERD, they need to get some medication until you can find a way to calm it down. Um, but you don't want to just rely on the medication. You want to make those lifestyle changes that your doctor suggested. So it's, it's really a good, um, when people know how to combine the two, they, they work very
0: well together
1: to serve the patient.
0: So I have a question about staying on track. You <laughs> talked about how we get started. But I know that there are times where I feel like, ugh, I slipped. I didn't exercise. Well, you know me, so you know how, uh, <laughs> you know how I internalize things. <laughs> so how do people stay on track, but by the same token, not become so obsessive and mm. beat themselves up mm-hmm. like somebody we know? <laughs> like somebody we know. I don't wonder who. <laughs> so how do they get on track? uh That's a really good question. I mean, how do they get back on track and stay on track? Yeah. Well, I uh,
1: have done a lot of work over the years in addiction clinics, and often I would see someone that went through the program, and six months later or two years later, they come back in and they feel very ashamed that they had a slip. And I always would tell them having a slip is often part of the process. The real... uh, Recovery is in recognizing that you need more help and coming back again. So that's the same with anything in life is we're not, gonna, we're not machines, we're not on a railroad track. So we're gonna, there's going to be a natural ebb and flow, again, that yin-yang, uh, back and forth, uh, because we are not machines and uh, we live in a complicated world. We have complex lives. So we are going to go in and out of what we think we should be doing. Uh, But some ways to help yourself stay on track, I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast uses some kind of a scheduling system. So schedule time for yourself into your system, Uh, and that can be on a daily basis As well as, like, I like to suggest that every six to eight weeks, people take a few days off and do something, go away for a few days or have a little in-home retreat or do something to uh, get out of their usual routine and do some more intensive self-care. And also, um, I have to do a little self-promotion and say getting a coach or a trainer Mm -hmm. is really important. And, you know, it's just like anything. If you wanted to uh, learn Italian or you wanted to uh, know the best way to lead your staff, you would probably get a professional uh, person to help you with that if it was something you're really serious about. So I would say what's more serious than your health? So finding someone to give you not only some guidance, but support and reminders of why you're doing and why you're doing. Uh, Because we all need reminders. We kind of go along and after a while we kind of forget, why why am I taking this vitamin or why Mm -hmm. am I going to the gym?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So are there any key points that you want to reinforce before we wrap up?
1: Uh, I just like to say, uh, going back to our nature, our natural state, look at animals, animals move, animals eat the food that they're meant to eat. unless you have a dog and they'll eat anything. (laughs) Uh, but, um, animals breathe. If you watch an animal get up from sleeping, they just, they just naturally stretch. They don't have to go to yoga class. It's just part of their everyday life. So that's one thing I say. And, um, and just nature in general is is a great way uh, to go, being out in nature. But just remember, this is all for your own benefit. This is uh, for your highest good. And make it about you. Make it something, whatever you're doing, whether it's about your food or your movement, make it enjoyable for yourself.
0: Thank you, Diane. And I really appreciate you coming to the Michael podcast channel and sharing your insights. I hope that you will agree to come back.
1: I would love to do that. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope that you got tools that you'll actually use and share. Subscribe to get more relevant leadership learning. Check out my YouTube channel to stay prepared for leading in an ever-evolving world.